Hey everybody, welcome to the Hope Young Adults podcast where we help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm David Hurst, and in this episode, Preston and Lori McLaurin join us to talk about the lessons they've learned from their 36 years of marriage. They give advice to young adults on how to approach dating, love, and relationships. This episode comes from our February night of worship. How y'all doing? Yeah, that's about as confident as a... Appreciate you having us, but thank you very much. Dancing boy up front here. Seriously, can we turn the lights down a little bit on us? Just, I'm not used to this. And the masks do throw us off big time. Anyway. So we're Preston and Lori McLaurin, and while Preston's adjusting to the lighting, um, I'll just get us started. Um, So Matt asked us to um, come and talk with y'all, and so Preston and I um, were like, you want us to come talk with you? So our experience has been with um, married ministry. So um, not that we don't have experience in um, whatever state you're in, because I could pretty much guarantee we have, but um, we're really used to talking to people, couples specifically, one-on-one. We have some background in um, young life, so we actually mentored college students when our children were going through Young Life. We were on committee. But really our, our, um, our sweet spot, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. is um, meeting with people at a table, over a cup of coffee, in a family room, some, a little bit more of an intimate um, setting. So if you don't mind, we're going to just pretend that we're sitting in a real intimate little room without masks on where we can actually see behind and um, share some things um, just from our experience of being married a few years and some of the trials that we have gone through and just um, some of the things that we've learned um, over 36 years of marriage, almost 37, and being together 40, what did we say, 43 years? 43 years of spring. I know we don't look that old, but we'll get that out of the way right now. Um, Can I break the ice for something? I'll be Is honest it appropriate? Yeah, it's appropriate. If he says something inappropriate, I'm apologizing <laughs> Listen, we're gonna, in advance. we'll talk about sex and porn in about 20 minutes, but let's get to the good stuff. Um, you know, y'all's praise and worship, uh, when they played that Zach Williams song, that's actually who I listen to quite a lot. And um, it made me, as I was over there praying, weren't, you guys are brothers and sisters in Christ with us. Is that correct? Most of you have a relationship with Jesus. We're just going to share with you. We're very used to sharing to older folks that are really screwed up. They got a lot of issues. As we say, they got a lot of pizza in the box. You know, and uh, it's funny. As I was sitting over there, we have five kids and our youngest. Hold on. I got to go backwards. 29. Yeah, 29, 31, 33, 35, 36. So we had five kids in a relatively short amount of time. So our sexual talk is really very good. But, um, but seriously, just seeing it, the response when I saw y'all walking in, I was like, Lord, there's a lot of folks here that uh, we'd love to pour into. So we're going to talk to you like brothers and sisters in Christ. Is that, is that okay with you? And it's not a matter of teaching you stuff. We just... Really, the best thing that we do is we share a lot of stuff that we did really bad. So here's a tip. Don't do what we did bad. There's our teaching for tonight. But uh, I, Lori keeps us organized, so I'm going to turn it back over. So, um, so like we said, we've been married almost 37 years this summer. And, um, but we actually met um, when we were quite young. In fact, neither of us could drive. Um, We went on our first date at 15, and um, his parents, Preston's parents, drove us on our first date. So um, we we actually started a relationship very young. We were actually each other's kind of first boyfriend-girlfriend kind of thing, and and thankfully each other's last. But um, we started our – we got married right out of college um, the summer after college. So we had been dating six years and started a family immediately. And we'll get back to that. But we lived in California and had two little babies there within 14 months of each other. And then moved to North Carolina, moved to Cary. 
and uh, added three more to the litter. And um, litter. so within, we were three days short of um, being, of, uh, well, they're, they're, they're really close. Um, but anyway. <laughs> some, of the, some, of the, some of them out there are going, what do you mean by close? What were, what were you two doing in those seven years? Figure it out. <laughs> Making children. We were making children. Making babies. Um, so a little bit about our, our background. Preston um, grew up with the knowledge of the Lord. Um, he was raised in a Catholic family, but his mom was born again Christian. So at a very young age, he was saved. Mm -hmm. And um, I still get a, a tickle when he tells me that, you know, he went to a, an actual Billy Graham revival in Raleigh. 1971, I went forward at Carter-Finley Stadium at a Billy Graham crusade. How many of you here were on the planet in 1971? Now, our kids weren't on the planet then. They were. I know. My mom dragged me down. I saw Billy Graham, and I asked Jesus into my heart um, in 1971. But I didn't really start following him till I was 46 years old. So there was a lot of time in there. Um, and I was raised in the kind of family that maybe some of you can relate to, that um, my family, so first of all, my family is all Swedish, and in Sweden, you are Lutheran, so by default. I, didn't, I never understood why, but that's what we were. So we went to church. Um, we were taken to church. We went through communion, did confirmation, and then we were on our own. So that was the extent of, um, of my knowledge of faith. Um, the only thing I knew was the Lutheran church was big on grace. So everything was covered in grace, but I knew nothing of our relationship with Christ. So when we went to, um, when we started dating, <clears throat> We were in a situation such that Preston, um, for the first time, opened up his heart and told me what he believed, holding my hand, um, told me about his relationship with the Lord. Now, mind you, years later, this would waver a lot, but that was the first time that he was vulnerable at a very young age and shared his love for Christ and Christ's love for him. And that was a totally new concept to me but it was very appealing to me at the same time. So years later, we kept dating. We were all over the country and ended up getting married and started our family here in North Carolina. So that's just a little bit about our upbringing. Um, we were missing some things when we got married. Yeah, um, even though I, I had a relationship with Jesus, um, I just feel like I should share this with these folks. Since I don't know what that is, go for I'm it. I'm going for it. Go for it. We, um, we were very sexually active through co uh, high school and college. And um, um, that really hurt our relationship. Um, now, I'm not going to say that it wasn't fun. <laughs> you know, I'm going with that. But I knew deep down that I was, I was hurting our relationship. And it... What it did, it started to manifest itself years later in our relationship. And really, we were not, we actually drifted away from the church. We didn't really go to church at all. We didn't really have a, we didn't have this. We didn't have a community of other believers. Uh, we were actually alone. Um, her parents were in Southern California. We were up near the L.A. area, and my parents were in Philadelphia. And so we were, we just, were just kind of making up how to live together with these two little girls at the time and with no, no spiritual, we weren't praying together. We weren't going to church together. Funny thing is we lived in Riverside and Greg Laurie was starting his church, not too far, far from where we lived and nobody came over to meet us. So I'm literally kind of mad at Greg Laurie and his people, but seriously, we just didn't have anything <clears throat> and we drifted and it caused so much havoc in year 10, 12, 15, 20, 25, the 20, 25th year um, that I look back at that and the regret, the shame, the guilt, and the regret that kept rolling over on us for many years um, was because we just didn't have, we didn't have any community. Um, I think my mom was the only one praying for us at a distance. So, so actually when we did get married, um, this was, 1984 was a fun year. Um, graduated from college in May, got married in July, and had a baby that Christmas Eve. And so God after has a our, sense of humor. Let's after, have their baby on Christmas Eve. After our wedding, 
we had the pleasure of um, telling our parents that we were actually four months pregnant with our first child. So um, that, that... We laugh at it now, but it wasn't that funny back then, you know, when three of us were saying our vows. Um, Y'all will figure that one out in a minute. <clears throat> so our community wasn't there. And it wasn't, you know, it was, our, it was our doing. It was our fault. We didn't look for that community. Um, we'll get back to why that is one of the most important things where y'all are at, but one of the things that we were able to encourage in our children that we didn't have. So we did learn from that mistake, and um, it came back to be a, a great strength, having that community, um, yeah. and something that we strive for and encourage others to find. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that was missing in our relationship was our communication skills. So we talk about communication between men and women when you're dating, um, when you're looking for that right person. And it's one of, gosh, we've had over a thousand people, I don't know what number we're up to, 1,500 go through reengage. We've been involved with reengage, which is a marriage ministry, um, for six years. And People will fill in their information when they sign up and they'll say, what is the number one thing going on in your marriage? What is the one num number one thing that um, you would say is, is your biggest struggle? And I'll tell you, the first thing, you would think it would be sex, it's not, is communication. But communication leads into all the other avenues and all the other things. It just filters down. Because guess what? If you're not communicating well, you're probably not having a good sexual life. Um, if you're not communicating well, um, what else is not going right in their life? All the intimate, the bottom line is guys just don't want to sit around and talk to their wives or talk to their girlfriends or whatever and get in a deep conversation. I mean, that's, I hear that over and over and over uh, with guys that they just don't know how to do that. And part of it's a heart thing. As my heart started to grow closer to Jesus, I started realizing that Lori was actually a gift, and we started really talking about stuff that mattered. Like 30 years later, mm -hmm. you know, thank God, God does not give up on us and say, these, they're just taking way too long. We just got to get rid of them. One of the other things that we both realized later on was what kind of communicators we were. And so maybe you all can relate to this in the houses that, the homes that you grew up in. Um, there are different kinds of communicators. Different people will communicate, um, I'm an avoider. I hold things in. I was raised in a house where we argued, everybody argued all the time, and it gave me a lot of um, insecurity. It, it made me wonder, don't you love each other? Why, why would you treat someone you love this way? And so I, I held everything inside. So I kind of did the opposite of what I grew up in. Preston grew up in the family that was very loving. He never saw conflict. He never saw lack of communication. Um, they communicated, but it was always very nicely. So he kind of went the other way too, and he was an escalator in his communication. So when things came up such as conflict, we were like this. We were not, um, we were not working things out. We didn't know how to communicate each other with each other. And Communicating in a relationship is about understanding each other. It's not about being right, who's right, who's wrong, who won this one, who got their way. It's about understanding where each other's coming from. And that was really a big thing that, that we had to learn. Terrible arguments. I'd walk around the house screaming and she would just avoid me and I would just walk around the house following her. It was, we never got anywhere. I would, I would have given anything for her to scream back at me, but she never did. So I eventually stopped. It was like, this is useless. This is not helping at all, you know. So obviously we had a great physical relationship, but... Um, Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Preston used Appreciate to go around that. and tell people, people would say, um, you, have, you have five kids? And, and we'd say, yeah. And he goes, so that's proof that we did it five times. Okay, I just want you to know. And I'd be mortified, but... Um, it's all right. Um, what we didn't do well, we, we did that, I don't want to rate how we did that, but um, what we di didn't do well within that, we had the physical intimacy down, but over time that changes. 
So if it's premarital, there's a lot of a lot of other components that go with it. Guilt, regret. What if that's not the person that you're stay with? Um, shame. Uh, shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest component that we were missing was the emotional and spiritual intimacy. And what we've learned also through dealing with a lot of marriages over the years is that that piece of it is so much more fulfilling, so much more important, but it feeds the physical. It makes the physical last beyond those first five years or those 10 years or 15 years. So far we're at 37 and we can, I don't know what 40 will look like, but we're okay. And, but the spirit. That's good to know. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) You got another year, babe. All right. Um, I'll take it. But the spiritual and the emotional part is a hard part. And going into marriage, we didn't know that. We didn't know what that meant. We never heard this stuff. You know, you got to understand when, when I was in high school, the only thing I thought about was, yeah, because I had a beautiful girlfriend and I never thought of the spiritual aspect of that. Uh, That was not in there. You know, the enemy, Satan, loves for you to think about the things that are not that important. And uh, now that we really understand uh, the spiritual side of being intimate with an individual, spiritually and emotionally, uh, yeah, the sexual side of it is really godly and more beautiful. Um, I, I had to say that because I know y'all battle in a culture now that that, that is just totally acceptable. It's flaunted all the time and, um, and very accessible. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't, you know, way back when, when we were teenagers, but um, I had to say that. I, I just think that spiritual aspect of it has really um, blossomed in the last five or six years with us because uh, of hearing the hurt and the pain from other couples and um, knowing that really there's two very important, the most important relationship that you have on earth is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you really love him? I'm talking to the guys. Do you have a passionate love affair with Jesus? Do you know him? Are you a friend of his? That's why I love that Waymaker song. That's just such a powerful song. And the second most important relationship you're ever going to have is with your future spouse. All other relationships will are down below that the relationship with our kids and our grandkids. But those two, when we became one flesh, I never, I never thought of this stuff. And I'm, I'm so glad we can talk about it tonight because we, we were talking, as we were preparing for this the last two weeks, I thought, man, I, well, how would I have taken that if I had heard that when I was 21, 22, 23 years old and you were pregnant with number three or four or whatever you were. She was pregnant from 21 to 20. Every time I saw her, she was pregnant. <laughs> All by myself. All by herself. I had nothing to do with that. Special talent. Yeah, but... Anyway, so the other part of emotional intimacy that um, is hard, but so important. And had we had more of that ahead of marriage versus after marriage, um, it would have benefited us tremendously. And that's of being fully known. So when you talk about being fully known, are you willing to share the the deepest thoughts that you have? the things that maybe you've done wrong, the things that you go to God for forgiveness from, with a spouse, to be fully known is like the deepest emotional intimacy place you can be. Um, We had to learn to share things with each other knowing that when I share with Preston, he's looking at me through the lens of Christ. He's looking at me with no judgment, but more, how can I help you through that? How can I come beside you? And likewise, and it was probably more Preston coming to me because just who we are, I'm the peacemaker, I'm the rule follower. He's the, how fast can Mm. I drive this car? It doesn't matter what the sign says. It's Um, not against the law unless you get caught. Yeah. What? He, you know, which he says is always what drew me to him, but I'm like, know about that. The good girls always love the bad boys. <laughs> right? right, guys? 
Or can I hear an amen? Or, I don't see anybody out there. Or he just looked cute in his basketball no, stop, uniform. So stop, we could go with that. Stop. It's so be a physical wild attraction night is important. Yeah, We're not going to go without that. What did no. we hear today? Would you, if the sight of them naked made you throw up, would you date them? Yeah, we read that in a no. book. No. That's in a that's a, it's a book that we're giving away tonight. It's, all, it's, <laughs> the, no, it's, that's great. it's the vomit chapter. It's it's amazing. But being fully known um, yeah. is one of the most important parts of being having an intimate relationship. There's no secrets. There's nothing in the closet. But I'm comfortable enough to bring this to you and share it with you because I know that Christ put you in my life to be one. And if we're one, we're sharing all those things. So. That's, um, that's one of the most important things. The other thing is the ability to share your hopes and dreams, and those should align somewhat. So I had to learn a couple things. You did too. I had to learn, and I, I think this can be a common female problem or um, issue, I guess. I had to learn that Preston was not put on earth, was not given to me as the spouse, to supply my joy. I had to learn that God loved him more than I love him, that God wanted a relationship with him more than I want a relationship with Preston, but that I needed to work on my relationship with God, and I needed to trust God to draw closer to Preston and draw him closer to himself. Um, I went into marriage, we divided everything really nice and neatly. Preston um, worked and was in charge of the finances. I took care of the kids. Was I was a teacher, um, made sure the education was in line, so we each had our neat little parts. But I was always expecting him to make everything okay, and it wasn't his job to make everything okay. So that was just a huge piece that I had to learn along the way that my joy came from the Lord, not from Preston. It was very difficult trying to meet her expectations that only Jesus could meet. I couldn't meet those expectations. In fact, I was failing miserably in those areas because I wasn't really following Christ. Uh, said I did, we went to church, we looked good, smelled good, had the van, the whole deal, um, you know. The, the sticker, the Jesus stickers, all the good, the fish, the little fish, you know, all that stupid crap, all that <laughs> stuff on the back. You know, the, the one that, tr you know, runs you off the side of the road and you're like, Ugh, they go to our church, so I can't tell them where to go. But anyway, uh, but I, I just remember that time period of just not following Christ. So it was just so hard. And I knew she expected so much from me that I could not, I could not do that. The pressure was just terrible. And that was really weighing on us. But I will say this, because we got to start wrapping up, because we can talk to you all, all night, but um, we, weren't really, we weren't really in mission together. Mm -mm. She was surviving with the kids, and I was surviving, making money, putting the bank, make sure the bills are paid, feed the children, feed the chickens. And um, it's just until recently, through Young Life, we got involved in Young Life, and we were starting to do ministry together, and then re-engage really opened our eyes. We said, oh, this is what you want us to do, Lord. Uh, you've been so gracious to us. You've, you've put us back together. Uh, we had some really rough times there. And, and um, there were times I was thinking that maybe she didn't need me anymore. And it's just amazing the lies that you listen to. Uh, I was being affected by culture. I was being, I remember I was in a mortgage company and this is, <laughs> this, this is dating me. This is when the internet just started. Oh yeah. It, believe it or not, the internet has not always been here. But I remember this guy walking into my office and he said, man, have you ever seen this? And he clicked and he, and he went to a website. And I looked at him and I said, she has no clothes on. And he goes, oh yeah. And I'm like, why are we doing this at work? I'm, I'm not supposed to be looking at this. And I remember how that made me feel. I'm like, are you kidding me? And that just that stuff started to erode my, um, uh, my morality, my integrity. I just like, this is unbelievable. And, um, and, I, and now, it's right here on this stupid little box, right? And, um, but we just, we just, I just struggled so much with um, um, just being, um, 
known or being, um, I want to say, um, I just realized that uh, if I didn't draw close to Christ, it would be very easy to fall into that stuff because I was starting to see that wreck other guys' lives. So anyway. And I think one of the, um, the biggest eye-openers was when our children became of an age where they were starting to make decisions and they were starting to um, date. And we had girls first. So we had two girls, two boys, and then a girl. She's the tiebreaker. Girls won, um, <laughs> as they always do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when they started getting to that age, hey, when they got, when, when our kids were young, we were coming home from some friend's house one night. And we were driving down 40. They lived up in Raleigh. We were driving down 40. And we're watching all these cars just New Year's, you know, after midnight, zipping by, zipping by. And we got into this conversation. And uh, it just hit us like, what if we didn't make it home? What if somebody that had been drinking too much took us out and those kids were all alone? Who would, that was our biggest worry. Who's going to take five kids? They'd separate them. Who could handle five kids? Um, We stopped drinking. And we, we weren't big drinkers. I, yeah. I shouldn't say that. But we just said no more. We're, we're not drinking. Um, we wanted to be an example to our kids. And we thought, how, how can we ask them not to do it if we're, we're doing it? You know. Um, but we really looked through a different lens. And like Preston said, through Young Life, we, we started serving together. And then one thing after another, Bible studies came our way. Um, other opportunities, like Preston said, re-engage. Our kids started getting involved in things, and suddenly that door just opened, and all we could say was, you know, you can look back and learn a lot. It's hard to look forward and know what's coming, but stuff's going to come, and if that stuff comes, you, you want to have God in your pocket. You want to know him face-to-face. You want to know him inside and out, and you want him to know you, and we just look back and go, God, you know, when we felt alone and when we felt like, what are we doing? Um, who are we? We look back and we can see every minute of every day that he was there for us and showed his face and showed his face. We didn't always recognize what it was, but he never gave up on us, never gave up on us. And now all he's asked us to do is maybe sit on a stage in front of some people who probably think we're old and strange and and share a story but also we get the opportunity to share with our kids sometimes they don't listen to us sometimes we we're like guys really you really want to do this you really want to do that and they go yeah we got this we got it and we're like you know okay but they've got to learn too they've got to go do what they think is right we're very thankful that all of our kids know Jesus and if that's if that's all we got, then they're good. Now, now it's on them and their relationship with him. But that was one of the things. Um, we were asked to give some challenges. You want to do your, your little challenge? Well, Lori wrote down three, but I'm going to tell you one. This is for the guys. Um, I would challenge you guys. One, if you're in a group of guys, I mean a small group of guys, um, I would really challenge you to be... Uh, maybe looking for an older guy that would mentor you a little bit or hang out with you, maybe have lunch with you once a month just to check in on you. Um, believe it or not, most of y'all not been, you're, you haven't been 58 yet like I am, but I've been 25, 30, 35, 19. And um, I do a lot of men's group with older guys, and I hear the stuff they started getting involved in, how much it got them off track and how much it got them away from Jesus. And um, actually tonight is just, my mind is racing. I'm like, God, these older guys that I deal with need to be pouring into some of you younger guys and helping you get through some stuff because I know it's tough. Uh, so search out uh, an older guy. Uh, pray about it. Really just say, Lord, would you, I remember asking God uh, in 2008, Lord, would you put a couple guys in my life that really know you really well because I don't know you that well. And uh, he did. He put a lot of super guys. And I have two or th- I need two or three mentors. I got some issues. So I got two or three older guys that mentor me. And then I've got some guys that I mentor my age. And then there's a couple younger guys. There's a young guy that actually mentors me. He's actually one of the pastors of the church. And uh, so it's been, that has been just a blessing. So I'm challenging guys, 
Because if you're trying to do it by yourself, uh, you won't make it. If you really think you can do, you can sharpen yourself, you're not going to make it. And, um, and that's, I love telling guys that all the time. So that's my challenge to the guys. There's a bunch more, but that's the most important one. Um, and for the ladies, um, this is actually something we had for, for both. Um, do you believe that God's plan for your life is better than your own plan? And if you believe that, then follow that. The other thing is, like Preston said for the guys, um, be in a group. Be in a, a group of believers in a small group to encourage each other and hold each other accountable to keep your standards high. Um, encourage each other in that. And for women, I, I, it breaks my heart how much we look to others for our own self-worth. Self -worth. Um, social media can be a really great thing when it's promoting, but it can also be a very destructive thing in who you are. So I, I know it's part of our world. I know it's the direction we're going, but don't let that, as Preston says, the box, don't let that define you. Know you are a child of God, and you were created to be you, and you were created to be loved for who you are. Um, you have nothing to sell. You don't need to sell it. Um, and then one other thing that will be a huge thing, and I don't know why, but I think women are a little more prone to it, learn and practice forgiveness because you will be doing it your whole life. <laughs> so learn, learn the art of forgiveness and knowing what that really means. You're real good at that, aren't you? I'm, I'm good at it. Thank you. I That's think, awesome. I think I am. <laughs> um, so anyway... I think David, David, you're around, buddy? I think we're going to pray. Maybe not. You want to pray? Yeah, let's pray. In. Um, Father, we just come to you tonight. And um, Lord, during worship, I, I could hear the Holy Spirit tell me that there are folks in this room that are really struggling with... Um, I call it hidden sin, um, sin in the shadows, unconfessed sin. Um, a lot of this sin that that they're dealing with is um, leading to a more of an addictive personality, addictive um, bent in their life, and it's manifesting in how they think they're building relationships. That's pretty heavy stuff, Lord. And um, I'm praying for those individuals tonight that they would um, understand that, Jesus, you love them so much, and you came to set them free from these uh, patterns, these thoughts, these addictions, these, um, this uh, taste for sin that uh, we all have gotten involved in some, some form. And I, Lord, I pray for these young folks in here that they would uh, get on their knees and ask you to help them and put something, somebody in their life that can walk with them, disciple them, mentor them uh, through, that, uh, through that particular sin. So, Father, we love you. And, Lord, I pray that they, that they would really get to know who you really are because you are absolutely amazing. And you love them so much. And uh, Father, thank you for showing up tonight. You said you would if we gathered in your name. And uh, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, can we give it up for uh, Preston and Lori? Well, we have about uh, 10 more minutes or so, and we've had some questions come in. Are you guys game for some questions? See, si, senor. Yeah. The, Preston, the lights aren't? Too, uh, too high for you? I'm used to them now. I got sunburn, but I'm you good. You don't have a migraine or anything? You no, good? I'm good. No, good deal. I'm good, well, man. if you guys uh, have any questions for the lovebirds here, you guys can feel free to text <laughs> 313131 with those questions. We'll be monitoring them here. We've already had a couple come in. Okay. Um, I'm just going to jump into it. The first one comes via text. It asks, is it wrong to move in slash live with a romantic partner before we're married? I'm not sure whether or not there's any biblical precedent. 
Can I answer that question? Are you stupid? <laughs> Just the simple fact that you're asking the question is that the Holy Spirit is telling you, don't do it. There's many things in the Word of God that you have to read between the lines. Don't put yourself, I'm talking to the guys now. I'm always talking to the guys. I'm a guy. Don't put yourself in a position where the temptation will lead to sin. Please. So you're going to live in the same apartment, oh, separate rooms. Right. You're going to go get something to eat at 1 o'clock in the morning, and she's going to the bathroom in her underwear. Y'all going to have a Bible study? <laughs> Be laying on of hands. Don't do it. Is that kind of direct? That works for me. Me and Lori never lived together because my grandmother from South Carolina would have kicked my ass. <laughs> and she's Catholic. <laughs> Next question. What should we make sure we have settled before we start dating? You go with that one. So um, one of the things that we did not have that I think um, are incredible to have, and I would almost say a lot of people do it when they're engaged. I would almost say do it before you're engaged if you're in a serious relationship. Things like, um, well, premarital counseling. Go and talk to somebody. Um, we have a premarital class at Hope. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Get those discussions out on the table. Um, there's a Symbus curriculum you can be aware of and take like a little questionnaire, and it really does an incredible job of, of um, seeing kind of your compatibility, your strengths and weaknesses. Financial peace is off, also offered here. Finances are a huge piece of um, miscommunication, of argument, things like that. So there's so many things that you can do to prepare yourselves and, and open up those discussions that tend to be the most common causes of friction. And, um, and you learn more about each other. So if you're dating and one pays one time, the other pays the other time, I mean, how you, there's so much you don't know out there that let them do the work for you and put, put the questions out there. So yeah, that's what I would say. Awesome, thanks. Uh, this next one just came in over text. It asked, how much should I let my friends or family influence me on who I should date? Depends on who you surround yourself with. You surround yourself with a bunch of knuckleheads. I wouldn't listen to them. <laughs> Seriously. You get guys. It's, it's so funny. You can get together. I'm talking to guys again. Get a bunch of guys together. Listen to the conversation. I don't know a lot of verses in the Bible. I know it's in here. So if you need to find it, just start reading Genesis and you'll hit it. You'll hit it. Out of the mouth comes the abundance of the heart. That's even for heathens. So you get a bunch of guys together and you hear them talking and what they talk about. If it's non, if it has nothing to do with Jesus, I probably wouldn't listen to them. I would because they're going to give you some advice. I wouldn't go without her, man. I said you look better with a blonde. She's a brunette. No, I mean really, you listen to that kind of stuff. On the other hand, go ahead. On the other hand, um, as far as family is concerned, you know your family can be speaking some gold into you and backing it up. And some, just who we are, sometimes we just don't want to listen to mom, dad, grandma, or whoever it is, even though it's sound advice. If you have, if there's a personality conflict there or whatever that friction is and you don't want to accept it from them, find somebody you do trust. Find somebody that you do know has a solid background and has a solid foot in the door with God and ask them their advice. Get some good counsel. Get some godly counsel. Okay? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be from, the, from your parents or from your best friend. However, you may want to ask them, what do you think of the guy I'm dating? What, what is your impression of them? Because they might say, hey, he's always grumpy. Uh, what, why is he always grumpy? Or um, I don't really like the way he treats you. You know, is it so hard to open a door for someone? Today, I know it's kind of like the gender stuff. I won't say bad. Don't word. go down that road. The gender stuff, like whose wait role minute, is it guys, to do what? Guys, open the doors for your ladies. Pay the bill. <laughs> I'm so old, aren't I? <laughs> but anyway. It, <laughs> That's how I got you. Pizza, pizza Hut. Come on, honey. I paid the bill. <laughs> oh, 
was the only restaurant in town. It's the only restaurant in town. We had to go to Pizza Hut. Go ahead. Yeah, Lori, did your family have glowing things to say about Preston when you brought him home? Well, that's not a fair question because... <laughs> so I grew up outside of Chicago, and up comes this Raleigh boy, and they just, I mean, the only thing they heard was Swedish accents up to then. So they're listening to him going, well, that's kind of cute. <laughs> My dad didn't think it was cute, but my mom did. No. But yeah. yeah my, his mom, her mom. He knew, how, he knew but how to But Lori's, my, my mom and Lori are like best friends to this day. And um, they, they just hit it off. In fact, we would, I would want to go out on a date and Lori would be sitting in the kitchen talking to my mom. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. You got a movie? And I'm trying to make out with you tonight. Mom, zip it. <laughs> zip it. We're out of here. She was the godly influence in my life at yes. that time. At that time, That's who she yes. Was. <laughs> I love it. Um, this next question asks, what should couples do before they have kids? I'm assuming that's married couples. That's you a mean, good point. Married couples, that always does help. What should they do? Well, actually. You're asking the wrong folks. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> what would y'all have done? Um, before we had kids? I don't know. Well, here's one thing we did do. We, 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 other than the having them early, we did have a lot of talks about kids because Preston knew my love for children. I was going to be a teacher. He, yeah. he knew where my heart was. And I mean, I, I didn't have any sisters. I had brothers, which are, were somewhat worthless at that time in my life. I love them now. But he had little sisters and that was just like, I would go take them and I would take them out on Again, the lake on a boat. Again, we supposed to go on a stuff. date. She's taking my sisters out. I'm but, like, this is unbelievable. But what we did have, what we did have is that we knew how each other felt. And, and to the point where we both agreed way before we got married that I would stay home with the kids. We both valued that. And, and we will go down today on that one. That <laughs> we've, we've, we've had, yeah, we've, we're pretty vocal about that. But that's all I'm going to say about yeah. that. Yeah. So... Um, make sure you're on the same page about that. I mean, I would hate to be in a, in a situation where you get married, kids come, and I thought you were going to work. Well, I thought I was going to stay home. I mean, I think that's We've the number one. We've married couples that have, they have a child, and the husband's like, I never really wanted kids. I'm like, didn't y'all talk about this? You have three of them now. I mean. And there's, you know, what school are they going to go to? Are we going to vaccinate or not vaccinate? I mean, there's, there's a, lot of, um, yeah. a lot of discussion. To we were had. always on the same page, though. Yeah. We, we had a tremendous, we, we wanted a big family. I grew up with my mom always being home, so I just assumed, and I knew Lori would love to stay home with the ch kids, and you did until uh, the youngest was in middle school, and then you went back and taught. But anyway, we talked about that. Well, that's a perfect segue into our next question. <laughs> this person asks, how do you deal with political differences or even how do you deal with different opinions on topics that are hard to talk about? Wow. Um, <laughs> we don't really have different political views. The, um, what do I want to call it? The uh, <laughs> passion about that might be a little bit different. One of us might be a little bit more forceful and dogmatic and um, vocal about it. And one of us might just think everything's gonna everything's gonna work. Do out. our job and then let it work out. But um, Lori had to remind me that Jesus is Lord. A I'm, few times. A few times, but but it really, uh, honestly, I I could see that as when you have uh, a couple and you're dating and you are so uh, opposite about your political views, that could be a real situation down the road. And it's not a matter of convincing one to come on your side and the other side, but how do you work through that? And really, if that becomes a huge uh, stumbling block, because this past year has just been terrible for that. We've just seen Christians. I have brothers in Christ that we had to sit down and forgive each other because we were just going to just kill each other about certain things. And I said, this is just dumb. Again, the enemy is doing whatever he can to create uh, confusion and chaos and, and then, uh, but then we, tur we turned it into an opportunity to uh, grow with each other. And we prayed together and we realized, wait a minute, we're on the number one winning team, Jesus Christ. All this other mess is going to figure itself out. 
And that's, but getting back to a couple, I, that's something you really, you need to clear that up. You know? And the communication skills come into play there too. Sure. It's just knowing that not one of us has to be right, but allowing the other to have an opinion and sharing that opinion and valuing that opinion. And, um, and, and there has to be compromise sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't always win and you can't always be right and you can't always do things your own way. Um, go on a vacation and that'll be the, the best um, <laughs> meter of that. Yeah. We'll have time for a couple more. Uh, you had mentioned communication. Uh, you talked a little bit about that earlier, but this person wants to know, uh, what are some healthy things we can do early on that make for healthy communication within a relationship? The first thing that popped in my head was, um, if you're dating someone right now, are you guys praying together on a regular basis? I think that if, if I could spin the clock back to when we were 15 years old and we started to pray a little bit, gosh, if we had just had created that uh, habit, um, but see, sin distorted that so we didn't really pray those few years. You see what you know, I'm talking about? So if we had not let that sin, and let's just call it what it was, sin, distort that, uh, we would have prayed a lot more together and we would have been a lot, help. we wouldn't have gone through the crap we went through because we were praying. So like right now, and it starts, if the guys are praying together in a men's group and then you got two or three guys that are uh, dating, are those guys praying with their people that they're dating with? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you involve Jesus in that relationship, you are gonna, you're not gonna have nowhere near the issues that you could have if you don't include him in that. So that communication to me is right out of the gate. You know, we're in church. What do we talk about? Praying. We were talking about it tonight, praying on your knees. And um, yeah, pray with her. I think another thing um, that's definitely a benefit when you're married, but also if you're dating, is to um, have a devotional. Because like when we work through, we have a stack of re-engage books that we've gone through each session we've done it. So we've done 12 sessions. And we, every time, take a new book and write new answers and, um, and discuss it and stuff. And we have some of the best communication, the best discussions over questions we've been answering for the past six years together. But it always digs a little deeper and it always goes a little bit deeper. So if you're, if you're a, a couple um, and you have the ability to do a devotional together, let that be where your communication starts because that's going to have a little bit deeper of a conversation than maybe what you talk about at dinner you know, when you go out to eat or something like that. Sometimes we go out to eat and we're just like, I got nothing. I just, you know, and we just enjoy our meal. But when we sit down and get into God's word and um, start doing some questions and really something that guides us into a deep conversation, um, we have to work really hard for that not to be on family, not to be about kids or grandkids or something like that. But um, when we do something like that, we, we just get really rich, deep um, time together, and it's really special. And, and it's kind of cool because we feel like, you know, it's not just us. It's God's in there with us, and he's loving it, loving that, that conversation. And Satan just doesn't have any, any mess with us. So. Love it. Last one. Okay. Sure. We having fun yet? I feel like I we're being very serious. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> need to breathe? Well, it's 8.30. I'm usually about nine. Are you kidding me? Is the uh, basketball Something uniform like... coming out tonight? Huh? What? <laughs> what do you say? What? What do you say? <laughs> us what I know to All right. Up. Speaking of kids. Oh, we're back to making kids again. Yeah. This last question asks, how did your kids respond to your testimony, and did it prevent them from following the path you took? What do you mean, did it prevent us from taking the path? How did they respond to our testimony and how did? I'm guessing this means you guys sharing your testimony with them. Did that hurt their walk? Did it hurt their walk, yeah. Did they want to go in an opposite direction? No. Oh, no, no, no. No. no, no. They, they, uh, I was talking to somebody about that today. Oh, that young man. I met a young guy today and we were hanging out and uh, he's doing some really stupid stuff. And I said, I talked, shared our, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, I'm loving on this guy before I punched him in the nose in Hickory Tavern. But anyway, you know, hopefully Jesus was going to forgive me after I beat the crap out of him. But anyway, I did love him, but he has three kids. And I'm thinking, I was sharing my story with him. I said, you know, our kids saw 
Lori and, and mom and dad struggle, but they also saw us uh, put it back together with Jesus. We started setting the example. We, We've never been big on, hey, you kids need to do this. Because I don't know about y'all, but nobody likes somebody, like your parent. You need to stop this. You need to do this. You know? and, but they just saw, they saw me falling more in love with her and treating their mom with such respect and more as a gift than just this toy or uh, somebody I could fuss at or where's my dinner or whatever, however I acted, which I never really acted that deep, but that mean, but... Uh, to answer your question, no, that actually, their marriages, it's amazing how uh, strong their marriages are because they actually did see us uh, really concentrate and bring, make sure that Jesus was in our relationship. That amidst all the stuff that we did wrong, there's many nights I go to bed going, man, thank you, Jesus. The husbands are in men's groups, not my groups. That's not cool to be with your father-in-law. <laughs> They're in their own deal. And... Uh, and my daughters are they're one of their best friends and spiritual best friends is their mom, and they have other peers. It's just very healthy. And I think it's because we said, no more. We're going to go with Jesus through this. And um, we have a very blessed family because of that. And we were very open and honest with them too. So when we share our testimony, like at Reengage, um, so we're at Apex Campus, and some of our kids go there, too. And a lot of the people that are there are in their 30s and in, um, unmarried and there for the ministry, but they, they hang out with our kids, so they know them. So when we talk about, you know, premarital sex or being pregnant when we got married, well, they're like, oh, that's Brit. Yeah, that, that was, you know, that's who that She's is. In Good City. So we always, we always preface it with saying, you know, you guys know our family and this is their story too. You know, it is their story. It's, it's how they got here and it's who they are and it's how they were raised. But it kind of gets back to that being fully known. We, there's things they don't need to know, but they need to know enough that that they can go, hmm, okay, we saw this, that's what was really going on, but this is where it ended up. What's the common thread through that mess? And um, the common thread is Jesus. So they see that, and, and they've, they've bypassed some of the junk that we went through, but they also, I think they value the fact that we found out how to hang together and, you know, we have some battle wounds and they're like, well, well what is that about? And they want to, they want to be close and know those things. And, um, you know, if it means that between his example of a marriage and my example of a marriage that we went through some stuff and gave our kids a fighting chance, it's, it's all worth what we went through. Um, and, you know, and we were open with them. We were, we were very open with them. And we're, there's nothing that we won't share with they, them. So they, y'all yeah. might want to ask some of your parents some of the things that they've been through <laughs> if you feel like there's some stuff there that maybe they would share. Amen. Well, thank you all for being open with us. We appreciate your wisdom and authenticity and sure. everything you brought to the table today. So can we show some love to Preston and Laurie? Thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, head over to gethope.net slash young adult. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe so we can stay connected.